What's up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. Paper beats rock, rock beats scissors, and scissors beats paper. What beats all three at the same time? This man, here is Don Suave. Yo, 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 what's good everybody? This is Don Suave, back with another one for y'all. So make sure to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. Now, before I start, I always like to start with a quote for the listeners. This comes from our former president, Barack Obama. He says, the real test is not whether you avoid this failure because you won't. It's whether you let it harden or shame you into action or whether you learn from it, whether you choose to preserve. So week three is in the books. And let me tell you something. It's a lot of surprising going on this NFL season. This definitely defines the quote, any given Sunday, because literally, some teams that you thought was going to win are losing, and some teams you, are, you just thought that, just get ready for the draft for next year, are looking kind of like they mean something this year. So let's go ahead and start with the rundown. First game came on Thursday, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 29-17. to Starting Sunday, we had Chicago Bears beat the Houston Texans 23-20. We had the Tennessee Titans beat the Las Vegas Raiders 24-22. We had the Indianapolis Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I said that right. They beat them 20-17. Another bang of a game. The Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills 21-19. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28-24. Next game, the Baltimore Ravens beat the New England Patriots 37-26. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the New York Football Jets 27-12. The Philadelphia Eagles put up a cooking fest on the Washington Commanders 24-8. Next, you had the Carolina Panthers beat the New Orleans Saints 22-14. And another shocker of a game, the Jacksonville Jaguars 
with Sunshine, I mean Trevor Lawrence, beating the Los An the Los Angeles Chargers 38 to 10. The defending champions, the LA Rams, beat the Arizona Cardinals 20 to 12. The Atlanta Falcons get their first win as they beat the Seattle Seahawks 27 to 23. In the game of the week for a lot of people, the Green Bay Packers versus the Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers definitely beats Tom Brady and the Green Bay Packers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14 to 12. The Sunday night's game, which was a real sleeper, which was the Denver Broncos versus the Sesco 49ers. And the Broncos pick up the victory over the 49ers 11 to 10. Sound like a baseball town score. And on Monday, Monday Night Football, NFC East Division Rivals, the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Football Giants. The Cowboys win 23-16, making their record 2-1. So like I said before, we had some surprising wins and surprising losses. Just like I did last week with those few teams and few games, I'm going to do the same for this week. Let's say let's start with the Dolphins beating the Buffalo Bills. You know the quote, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't? Yeah, we just see that the numbers may not lie, but they do tell different tales. Dolphins won the game, but if you look at the stats of the game, what happened? Josh Allen threw for 400 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Tua threw for 186 yards and one touchdown. Okay, Bills had more first downs. Okay, Bills had more total yards. Okay, Bills had more time of possession. So what in the blue moon happened? This is what we like to call the Dallas Cowboys effect. What that is? Glad you asked. It simply means that the offense is putting up these outrageous numbers, but sometimes they're not winning. The difference was the Bills was again blown out they won't lose it all in the second half. Had a game, gave up running, and it was a back end. They had to play catch up. No, it was actually a back and forth game. But you wouldn't know it unless you looked at the game. One thing the Bills had was more penalties, and things like that sometimes don't be mentioned unless it's crucial to the game. This game, besides being a good game, will also be known for the butt punt. Look it up. It's a shack to the fool football style. The next game we want to talk about, which is surprising, the Indianapolis Colts beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you heard me right. I, I'm not kidding. And honestly, how did this happen? <laughs> well, listen, you got me. Because the Colts was looking like a failed experiment coming into the game against the Chiefs. But the main story is the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had an average game of 262, one touchdown, and one interception. But he also was a team leader in rushing. Now listen, Mahomes can run, y'all. But he's nowhere near Lamar Jackson-style quarterback to be the leader in Russia on his team. All in all, this was a shocking game. And the two things that this game will be remembered for... Is the exchange between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes, and also special teams was horrible, with the Chiefs kicker Matt Amendola missing an extra point, a 34-yard field goal, and also a fake field goal that ended in a turnover on downs. Now, 
good old Matt Ryan got the victory over Patrick Mahomes. And because of that, the Colts are now one and one and one. Sound like a TV show. Lastly, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Los Angeles Chargers with their quarterback Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence. This wasn't a game. This was a beatdown, a spanking, a cooking, a grilled out state well done game. And why was it shocking? Well, it's because many people don't really believe in the Jaguars and have the Chargers as potential Super Bowl contenders. So once again, what in the blue moon happened last Sunday? Well, we're not gonna jump the gun on this one, but respect to the Jacksonville Jaguars because with this win, they snapped the 18 game road losing streak. Trevor Lawrence looked like the star quarterback many critics thought he would be with 262 passing yards and three touchdowns. Along with that, James Robinson, the running back of the Jags, ran for 100 yards on the dot and one touchdown. Now the 100 yards majority came from the 50 yard touchdown run he did in the third quarter though, but that's here and there. Now on the other side of the coin, the Chargers Key players were injured all around. Keenan Allen, J.C. Jackson, Joy Bosa, Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsey. And they held the ball for only 22 minutes and had 29 rushing yards. A somewhat hurt Justin Herbert threw for 297 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Now the Chargers, because of these injuries, will have to make some decisions this upcoming this season. Now, coming up after the break. The NBA is one month away. So could we finally see this player dominate? And we're not talking about LeBron James, so this is not undisputed. But we'll talk about this player when we come back. So stay tuned right here on the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Ten Toes Tulsa open now at Woodland Hills Mall. Shop the latest styles from Jordan, Yeezy, Nike, Supreme, Bape, Off-White, and more. Buy, sell, trade, consign seven days a week, and get paid in cash or store credit for your sneakers and hype apparel. The only guy who can dribble the ball, a bowling ball that is, here is Don Suave. Welcome back, welcome back. You're back. Thank you. Now we're talking about the NBA. And this player I want to talk about is a guy that has been hyped for years. I mean, he even graced the cover NBA 2K one time. We're talking about Zion Wilson. Ever since he was drafted in 2019, Many fans of the game were waiting to see Zion Wilson basically take over the lead. A 6'6", 284-pound power forward that can bully basically anybody in his position. And he has been compared to Charles Barkley and Karl Malone. In 2019, he was injured majority of the year and only played 24 games. In 2020, he played 61 games. He averaged 27 points seven rebounds, and about four assists. And he did play in the 2021. But now it's 2022. He is geared again to make some big noises in the upcoming season. One of the things that has always made people skeptical about Zion Wilson is his weight. Compared to previous years, listen to what Zion says about 
basically how you feeling? Uh, I feel like I'm in my best right now. Uh, I feel like I'm moving faster, jumping higher. Uh, I just, I feel great. Faster, stronger, and can jump higher? Those words sound good, sounds dangerous for the NBA, but he says somewhat the same thing in 2019. Time would tell what's going on with Zion. The Pelicans have a decent team on their hands. Willie Green as their coach. Just a bunch of young and hungry talent with a champion center at the forefront. Speaking of young and, well, from the words of his coach, hungry, Ben Simmons. Just like questions on Zion, the question of Ben Simmons puts the question on Zion to shame. Remember one time he was dubbed the next LeBron James once he developed a jumper? <laughs> well, Ben Simmons has somewhat people pulling their hairs off their heads because of his play and sometimes outside antics. Not like doing crazy stuff, but just things that just make you go, huh? On his play, he can defend pretty much all positions. Great passer, he can handle the ball, a good defender, with just one little problem. He refuses to shoot. Y'all remember that play from the playoffs a couple years ago against the Hawks? We had a chance for an open dunk, and because he thought he was going to get fouled, he passed the ball. <laughs> Y'all need to go look at RDC World. That video is funny about that. You know, ever since that play, he has been ridiculed upon reasons. Since then, he said he's been dealing with back injury, okay, mental health. We ain't going to touch on that. Stayed, he stayed off the court for a year, took the criticisms from basically everybody. But he has said that he's ready, and his coach Steve Nass emphasizes that more on Ben Simmons. That looked great. Yeah, Ben's, Ben's been doing really well. He's, he's put in the time this summer. And, uh, and he's continually getting better every week. So he's, you know, I think, uh, looks to me like he's uh, pretty close to the to the player we we envisioned, and uh, he's going to make a big impact for us. He, he didn't play for a year, and having back issues to jump into the playoffs without any game reps would always be difficult. I think just familiarity with his teammates. You know, I mean, physically he's uh, he's incredible. Um, like cardiovascularly, he doesn't take a lot, a lot of time to get in shape. Uh, you know, when he turned a corner from doing skill work to getting up and down, it was, uh, it was impressive how quickly he could manage the, the cardiovascular kind of demands of, of playing full court basketball. So, you know, for him, I think it's just time, time with his teammates, time playing the game. It's been a long, long off season, if you want to call it that, for him. Um, and so I think just that, that that time to get his sharpness back and an understanding with his teammates. Oh, yeah. Words like cardio, focus on the team, and all that sounds good. But the number one question is, and I'm not DX, but are you ready? No, I said, are you ready to play? Or does he need more time to order more clothes for his fashion sense on the bench? Is he ready to do what the team needs him to do? Or do he need to be the spokesperson for AARP? See, the NBA season is around the corner, and we're going to get those answers. Coming up after the break, 
We're going to make some picks for week four. Stay here. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. At Wilson Community College, our team is ready to connect you to your future. We offer certificates, diplomas, and degrees with convenient evening and online options. Financial aid and scholarships are available. Visit wilsoncc.edu or give us a call at 252-291-1195. Calendar goes straight from March 31st to April 2nd. If you can't be fooled, here is Don Suave and a pick for week four. Yes, sir! Alright, week three is in the books. So now we're going to do some week four picks. You know, tonight is Miami versus the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're going to start with that one. So here is my. Week four picks. Starting off today, I got Miami beating the Bengals. Next, Minnesota over New Orleans. Cleveland over Atlanta. Dallas over Washington. Detroit over Seattle. Tennessee over Indy. The New York Football Giants over the Bears. Philadelphia Eagles beating Jacksonville Jaguars. Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Jets. Now this one is a toss-up, 50-50, because both teams are good. I mean, but if I have to choose, I'm going with the Ravens over the Bills. I got the Los Angeles Chargers beating the Houston Texans. I got Carolina beating the Cardinals. This might be a good game too, just depending on who's playing, but it's the Packers versus the Patriots, and I got the Packers winning that one. Now, this is a toss-up game, not because two teams are good. It's because it's like, take a coin, flip it, whatever it lands on, we're going with that team. So this is the Raiders versus the Broncos. And if I have to choose, I am going with the Raiders. For some reason, I just think the Raiders, this, that team that can beat the Broncos. I mean, Broncos, Russell Wilson, they are... They did not look at what we thought they were going to be looking like with Russell Wilson at the quarterback. So that's why I'm going with the Raiders. I just feel like they're going to beat them this, this, this week. Kansas City over Tampa Bay. It's the rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. This game, and I know Mike Evans is coming back, but I think the Chiefs want their revenge. I think a lot of people inside... Yeah, Temple won. Yeah, Braves the quarterback. But Kansas City, I, the whole offensive line was hurt. And Patrick Mahomes was running around like he his feet was on fire. And still was able to talk dots to receivers under pressure. But they dropped it. So I think this is be their revenge game. So I got the Chiefs beating the Buccaneers. And now lastly, Monday night, Rams and the Niners. Jimmy G's quarterback. I'm sorry, I just can never believe in him. Even though he went to the Super Bowl, even though he, I just cannot believe in him. So for that reason, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is the moment some of my fans are waiting for. <laughs> when we come back after the break, it is time for the Take Command News. 
the Washington Commanders. Stay here. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. How did you become a person who grinds your own coffee every morning? It's all because of this. The Cuisinart Grind & Brew single-serve coffee maker crafts the perfect cup at the touch of a button. It's easy to use, easy to clean, and hard to beat. Rise and grind with Cuisinart. Ha! We back, we back. Now, like I said, this is the second half for the show. And this second half is a show dedicated to the Washington Commanders. Now, for everyone who's listening to the show, I want you to do this. I want you to picture this, okay? Close your eyes. Got to close? Good. I'm going to give you a scenario. Think of his outcome after this. You have a Super Bowl appearance coach. You have a quarterback that was on his way to winning the MVP. You have three explosive receivers. You have a good tight end. Multiple running backs that can run and catch. You have a defense that was a top two defense two years ago. But missing right now the stars alignment. Okay, you know, like Belichick I once said, next man up. You have one of the easiest schedules winning-wise in the entire league. So listening to all of that, do you believe your team should be good? Do you believe your team should be one of the top teams in the NFL? But what if I told you that your team is quite possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL? Sounds redundant, don't it? But unfortunately, this scenario still fits the bill of the Washington Commanders. Now, I know you're thinking like this. How is that possible? How is that your starting quarterback puts up numbers and still loses at the end? How is that your starting receiver last game didn't even see the ball until the third quarter? And not because he was shut down or anything. Just like last week's podcast, the Washington Commanders offers more questions than answers. They offer more problems than solutions. And yet encourage the fans to tough it out. Stick around. And if it happens, just go down with the ship if the ship is sinking. Take this previous game between the Commanders and the Eagles. Now, yes, the Eagles are red hot now. Jalen Hurts now is possibly top five MVP talk. Their defense is a pretty good defense. Their weapons or offense are top 10, especially when they acquire A.J. Brown from the Titans. And yet, looking at the game, there are still holes in that team. So what the commanders do? Well, I'm glad you asked. How about help the Eagles set a team high record of sacks? Okay. How about help Devontae Smith turn into Terrell Owens? <laughs> okay. How about another one? How about helping Jalen Hurts get a QBR of 85.8? But let's stick to the sacks. How did the Eagles get nine sacks on Carson Wentz? Well, let's see what Ron Rivera had to say. Some really positive things. The nine sacks. I know it's, you know, 
you saw from the field level, you have to go back and watch the tape. Yep. Is it more so on the offensive line or maybe Carson holding the ball too long? What did you see exactly? It's probably there? a combination. We'll have to take a look at the tape, see what they were doing you know, defensively, and just go from there. I can tell you what they were doing. For one, that's their former quarterback. So if a player, more specifically a starting quarterback, has been playing with a team for multiple years, go to another team, and unless they change, that team is still going to remember their nuances. For example, Tyler Lockett said he knew what Russell was going to do when the Seahawks played against the Broncos because he used the same hand gestures. Remember when the Bucs beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl? Gruden held a practice to let this his team know that this is Rich, what Rich Gannon does. This is Rich Gannon's mannerisms. And when game time happened, there was no chance the Raiders was going to beat the Bucs. You would think, hey, I played with this team. So they're either going to know my things or I'm going to know their mannerisms. And it seemed like the Eagles knew Carson was more. They may know he holds on to the ball too long. They may know that when he moves in the pocket, he only moves to one direction. They may also know that he doesn't go through his progression fast. Either way, whatever happened led to nine sacks and two fumbles. I don't even have to speak on the defense because at times I feel sorry for them. Something must change in this organization. Something has to be come down from the mountain, throw the tablet onto the team and say, what is going on out here? Who does the commanders have that voice is loud and demands answers? Now after the break, remember that question? Because we're going to play devil's advocate to this team when we come back. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Popeye's chicken sandwich gets so crunchy, juicy, and tasty. We make everything with love. Make your taste buds dance for $4.49. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Never catch him with a watch because he decides what time it is. Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo, welcome back, everyone. Now, some of y'all may not remember this guy, and then some of y'all may do. Gail says, a former running back for the Chicago Bears, was, 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 he was an awesome, and injury cut down his career. But y'all remember one of his famous quotes? Give me 18 inches of daylight. That's all I need. Well, here's another quote. A monkey wrench only needs an inch. And as teams give into it, that monkey wrench will take a football field. And I know it's not a real quote, but work with me here. What I mean by that? Well, who's to say this offense is not feeling Carson Wentz? Hmm. Who's to say that the team may wanted another quarterback or... Kept one that's already on the team. Hmm. Who would say that the team doesn't really believe in their coaching staff, specifically the coordinators? Hmm. See, in front of the cameras, they're going to say all the right things. We know they are. It's called PR. They're going to keep it in the locker rooms. But inside, are the players like, yo, we need to switch up. We are predictable. 
You don't think that's that well, players might not be saying that? You think others don't be thinking that? <laughs> I like to present this evidence in the courtroom. Listen to what the Commanders Hall of Famer Brian Mitchell had to say about the team. But once I step on the football field, I need to know I, have, I at least have a damn chance. Mm -hmm. I watch college football, high school football, pro football, and I'm watching offenses get the ball to the same person over and over again. Mm -hmm. Why does Terry McLaurin have to wait till the third quarter to start getting passes thrown to him? And you know, the third defensively, quarter. I've never heard a defensive player in my life till last week when Derek Forrest stated it seemed like they knew everything we was doing. Why? We are predictable. Mm. Offense, defense, we're predictable. And if we don't change that, a lot of people will be looking for jobs. I'm not calling for nobody's job, but what I'm saying is, if you're not winning, it's a winning business. Let's just yeah. be real. Football is not to look good, not to sign autographs. We don't care how good a person you are. If you're winning, everything else happens good for you, don't mm -hmm. it? So if you're not winning, people will have to change positions and somebody else comes in. Look, we're growing out here, okay? Football is a performance-based employment. It's not a personality contest, even though some analysts or critics believe it is. As a person in authority, leadership, management, you got to ask, are you producing? Are you advancing this team? Are you putting in the work to be better? And if you're not, then what do you, what you expect to happen? At, at a regular job that's performance-based as well, if you're not pulling your weight, Someone either move you around to another position or they will sit you down. Here's the thing about it. If it's not working, they're going to let you go. Simple as that. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe either the head coach or somebody higher should say, every last one of you, from players to coaches, can be replaced. Don't get comfortable because we can always trade you or release you. So I'm going to end this rant or whatever you want to call it. But I'm a broadcaster as well. And if an analyst can see it, former players can see it, fans can see it, other teams can see it, then why in the world the commanders can't see it? Why can't they do or just not do? What's the problem? Why is the game plan not working? And if it's not working, why don't you just throw the game plan in the trash and start from scratch and do something else? Some of the greatest coaches do that. Something ain't working in the first half or something's not working in the first part of the season. Time to go to the back to the drawing board. This is what happens when people are stuck in their ways. This is what happens when people don't want to be creative. This is what happens when people think that it's their way or the highway. It can work. When somebody's telling you them it's not working, you need to be better. But this is what happens when people are stuck in their ways. And when you're stuck in your ways... You're going to fall to those same ways. Well, week four brings the commanders here to travel to Dallas. Dallas just won their game. They're two and one. And if I had to pick who will win that game, I say the Cowboys will win the game. And they will win 17 to 13. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to take an in-depth look at the tenure of an owner who in most eyes is public enemy number one. Wow, in some eyes, not a bad owner. Stay here. You're listening to So Disrespectful Radio Show. It's Macy's VIP sale with an extra 30% off top designer looks, plus 15% off fragrances, skincare, makeup, and more. Now at Macy's. 
he likes his steak well done and spices it up with pepper spray. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, everybody. Now, I want to forewarn you. This next segment where I'm about to speak about one is pretty long. Not too long, but it's just enough to get the information out. And two, it may be a little controversial, but once again, the guy I'm speaking about, he is controversy. So, you already know. This segment of Take Command News, we already spoke about the team. This one is about the owner, Daniel Snyder. Now, one of the biggest questions, not only in sports, but in life is, when enough is enough? For 23 years in Washington, played with terrible seasons, roller coaster seasons, simply only making the playoffs six times, terrible free agent signings, terrible head coach picks, terrible mishandle of players, and now since these reports of the team's integrity, terrible treatment of female personnel. When is ownership going to take blame for the conduct of a team when he's the nucleus of the situation? This is Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. Just saying his name out loud can bring different types of emotions, whether good, bad, or downright ugly. But I got to ask this question. Nowadays, we say the new phrase of red flags. So for people who don't know what that means, simply you hear, see, or somebody do something that makes you raise your eyebrow or question your head like, this doesn't look right. Well, we call that red flag. Then we have a red flag when he purchased the majority control in 1999. If you look at the history of when the commanders, who was formerly known as the Washington Redskins, was sold, the story around that says shady or wrong. Okay, deals sometimes aren't peaches and cream. I get that. So Washington got this billionaire who said he was a big fan of the team, who knew football, and was ushering Washington back to the glory days. But when he got in office, the head coaching job has been a revolving door of people. You don't believe me? Okay, I got time. Let's start. Since he bought the team in May of 1999. DJ, cue the music. All right, so the first head coach was North Turner. You know what the result of that was? Fired with three games to go. Second head coach, interim Terabisky. He didn't return to the position. Third head coach, <laughs> Marty Football, Marty Schottenheimer. Result, one year, eight and eight. Technically, it's a winning season. And he, it didn't look like the team was heading to a good direction. Oh, I apologize for this too. But it was rumored that he wanted more control of the team. So basically Snyder wanted to be Jerry Jones and Schottenheimer was Jimmy Johnson. Okay, I get it. Fourth head coach, Steve Hairball Coach Spurrier. And he brought in the Florida Gators 2.0 to Washington. And in two seasons, no winning seasons. He finished 7-9 his first season, 5-11 the next. 
He's mostly known for the image of him flapping his lips in frustration. Now, the fifth head coach was a move that put smiles on fans. That was the hiring of three-time Super Bowl winning coach and Hall of Famer Joe Gibbs. And in four years, Gibbs took the team to the playoffs twice in his tenure. But sadly, one of the saddest moments that happened in the NFL, and that was the tragedy of Sean Taylor, who was shot in his home during a home robbery in November 2007. And after that season, Gibbs retired, citing family obligations. Sixth head coach, Mr. Jim Zorn, who also had under him the worst free agent signing in NFL history, Albert Hainsworth. I mean, do I really need to go into detail with this tenure? You can watch it on YouTube. Seventh head coach, another two-time Super Bowl winning coach and Hall of Famer, Mike Shanahan who had one winning season with the Commanders in 2012, and that was the RG3 rookie season, which was an exciting year to begin, but I think we all know what happened at the end of the year. Critics haven't looked at RG3 the same, and results, he was fired and followed the next following season. Eighth head coach, Jay Gruden, brother of John Gruden, although at this moment that's not something to be proud of. Now Gruden did have two winning seasons, and he did win the NFC East in 2015, having an 8-7-1 season the following year. But guess what his results was? After five and the third seasons, he was fired in 2019 after starting the year 0-5. So what happened after that? Ninth head coach was interim and former Raiders coach Bill Callahan, who finished the year 3-8. <laughs> well, we don't want to discuss that anyway. And now the 10th and present coach is former Super Bowl appearance coach with the Carolina Panthers, Mr. Riverboat Ron Rivera. So far in his tenure, he has won the NFC East with a 79 record. And yes, the NFC East was terrible. And 7 10 last year. So far, the Commanders are 1 and 2. And time will tell if Snyder is going to keep Ron Rivera. Because apparently, if you get past five years, you gotta go. Now coming up after the break, we're gonna talk more about the dance night of tenure right here on Sports Dis So Disrespectful Radio Show. What's for dinner? Panera, freshly prepared with clean ingredients. It's not just a night off from cooking, it's a delicious night on for everyone at the table. Panera. Zero dollar delivery fee for a limited time. It only takes them 15 minutes to watch 60 minutes. Here is Don Swampe. Now that's all from an ownership standpoint of a football team. So what about an ownership standpoint of a franchise? Probably the biggest was changing the name of Washington Redskins to Washington Commanders, which is a controversy. On one hand, the name Redskins was believed to be a derogatory term against Native Americans. And on the other hand, Men believe changing of the Redskins was driven by money. Look, right is right and wrong is wrong. So no matter what, what happens, if the name is racial, derogatory, discrimination, then it's got to go. 
Simple as that. So they lose Redskins. Okay. Now you're going to find a new name. And we all know it's not going to be easy. But you would think, hey, we offended this group for years. How about we honor them then? So many people saw the names and literally only one comes somewhat close to a representation of Native Americans, which was the Red Wolves. <laughs> Y'all remember the names, right? Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, Red Tails, or keep Washington football team. <laughs> So after two years in which the fans already believe they knew the name of the team because Washington did a poll of the names and the names they went with the commanders was literally at the bottom and in certain polls wasn't even mentioned. Remember last year's uh, Decent Lineman star, Chase Young? Yeah, he hated the name. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, I enter Exhibit B. Commanders. Uh, sounds like all a movie. Right. Yeah. All in all, after quote unquote, supposedly listening to the fans, on February 2nd, 2022, they revealed. Doug, what is it? We are the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> we are the commanders. The commanders. The <laughs> yeah. Well, from the marketing standpoint, the reveal of the team's name due to a drone fire over to the, to the official reveal of the name on TV, it all fell flat. And the press conference didn't make it any better. Although the, co the colors revealed, I do rock with the black one. Story of it was to choose commanders to honor the people in the area of DC. What? Yeah, Russ, they wanted to break away from the tradition of before, even though honoring the first people here would have been gold. So the franchise management and a new era all have a rating of, eh. So now you tackle another issue, which is the stadium, in which reports show the stadium by far one of the worst stadiums in the NFL. How that can be, you ask? Washington is tied to be around $5.6 billion, and yet the stadium is horrible, the parking is an issue, and the prices are criminal. And this is not just from me. The fans spoke on a situation as well in which you can see through multiple social media sites, bleacher reports, and other sport news. Therefore, going to Washington games at times, and you will hear this a lot. Now, after the break, 
we're going to get a little more serious about his ownership, which may be uncomfortable for some. Stay tuned. You're listening to So Disrespectful Radio Show. standpoint you heard from the franchise standpoint now what about the organization standpoint things that don't deal with the team (sighs) now like I said this is very controversial but hey it's going on to this day Daniel Snyder is accused by an employee of sexual assault and harassment in 2009 the report and the incident led to an investigation by the NFL into sexual harassment and workplace misconduct. Allegations against the team and Snyder come from at least 50 former employees, many of whom have spoken out publicly and implicated at least 11 members or former members of the organization over the span of 18 years. Since the investigation has started for a few months, Snyder has basically been running the team and at the same time been handling, handling his legal issues. Now, if you want a more in-depth on the time periods, you can Google the timeline and you'll see just how much legal issues that has been transpiring. But of course, I got to ask some questions. And probably the number one question is, what would it take for Dan Snyder to sell the team or force to sell the team? What would it take for the NFL or Roger Goodell to step in and do something? Now, here's another question that people don't want to ask. But I am, because as a journalist, you may ask questions that you may tease that line. But do you believe that why Dan Snyder hasn't been forced out or anything done to him? It's because Snyder is in the owner's club, which means he parlayed with the owners, which means he may know some things that only owners know that don't want to get out. Now, let's look at the other side of the coin. You know for a fact that this franchise has been down for a long time. And yeah, here and there they may win, but it's not a winning franchise since Sonata took over. So why will owners force out a guy who is running a team badly, knowing if their team is coming to play against his team or vice versa, you're going to believe you're going to have a chance to win all the time. Why should an owner stop that if they feel like it's a guaranteed win? If I own the team and I knew we we're going to play the commanders and they ran poorly, I'm not forcing anybody out because a win is a win. And that's more money in my team's pocket. So I understand owners not participating in getting Snyder out. I wonder what the fans think of Snyder, the management, or the franchise itself. And coming up after this break, we will wrap it up and get ready for Thursday Night Football right here on So Disrespectful Radio Show. Swift Staffing Solutions helps both employers and employees in the medical field make mutually beneficial connections that bring out the best in the business. Swift Staffing Solutions, we are different on purpose. Call today. 
finish hard and finish strong. Words live by. Here's Don Suave. Well, that's it for the show. I want to thank everybody who listened. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities. Like, share, subscribe, and comment down below. Also, subscribe to the podcast show, So Disrespectful Radio Show, as well. So until next time, stay blessed, stay good, stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.